0: New Year's hangover, bonds in retreat, and an earnings preview. Here we go. It's Annex Wealth Management and Money Talk. Glad you were here in the next hour. Just a sample. Just a sample of what we do, but I think it's pretty good. Um, what do we do for Annex and business? We do quite a bit, and we're going to talk about that. Ask Annex is coming up. So is Tom Parks with 401k expectations because the year-end rally made everybody's 401k Go up. And we all thought we were geniuses. So he's going to talk about managing expectations. I'm Danny Clayton. In the studio, Dr. Brian Jacobson, our chief economist at Annex Wealth Management. Hey. It's great to be here. What's up, Dave? Dave Spano is our president and CEO, Annex Wealth Management.
1: Well, I think that Brian wants to put a bow on last year's rally and, of course, talk about what was good and what was not so good and what boys were good and what boys were not so good.
2: Yeah, you know, last year the rally really was very narrow at the beginning and then it began to widen towards the end. And when we were approaching around, uh, you know, Christmas time, people were getting a little excited about the prospects of a Santa Claus rally. Mm -hmm. And for those who don't know... The Santa Claus rally is typically thought of as the last five trading days of one year and then the first two of the next. And just historically, the market has been up 1.6%-ish during that period of time, but that's on average. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of dispersion around that. Sometimes it's down, sometimes it's up a lot more. And so when coming out of the Fed meeting that was in the middle of the month, the market began to rally. People thought, oh. This can really continue, and we can continue the party. But so far, it kind of feels like it's been a little bit of a lump of coal.
1: A lump of coal, and a bit, maybe perhaps a bit of a hangover.
2: (laughs) Yes, I think that's a good way to put it. Maybe we pre-partied a little bit too much, and so now we have that New Year's hangover, so you have to make sure you stay hydrated and take your ibuprofen. Uh, But uh, the market ended up down, based on the S&P 500, about 1% during that last five days and first two of 2024. So Santa Claus, unfortunately, did not deliver so far.
1: Yeah, but let's talk about what was really good. And that, of course, was a great
2: year in many of the indices in 2023. It really was. When we look at, say, the NASDAQ. So that is one of the many indicators, tends to be more technology focused. That was up you know 45% for the full year. And interestingly, the flip that we saw during this Santa Claus Mm non-rally is that tech was leading the way down. We had a few- but, But let's just say that this magnificent seven, right, of the 500, the big
1: seven, which was Alphabet, Apple, Amazon, Netflix- Meta, Microsoft, NVIDIA, those companies really were part of the rally. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. giving some of that back is what we did see. Yeah,
2: and giving a small part of it back, which is, I think, somewhat painful for people who went in and maybe tried to chase last year's winners. And that is one of, I think, cautionary tales is just because they did really well all of last year, all of a sudden, if you jumped in at, let's say, mid-December or around Christmas time, uh, you suddenly experienced, I think, just this past week, technology was down about 4%, right. so a rather significant decline.
1: So we go into 2024 hoping for some successes in places that we did see rallies in, which of course were the other 493 stocks and bonds. Bonds did pretty well last
2: year. They did. Yeah, it really seemed a bit treacherous. If you think of the July to October period, it looked like we were going to have like another lost year for bonds after a miserable 2021-2022 Things were kind of choppy, but staying positive until we got to around the end of July, beginning of August. And that is when you saw the 10 year treasury nearly right. get to 5%. Thankfully, it came back down. Now we're experiencing some choppiness. Right. So, year to date, we've seen a big swing in yields. But on our investment committee, the way we're talking about it is that bonds aren't boring, but they can be very beneficial still in a portfolio, especially with that coupon income. And it's not a much better that, coupon now.
1: And not only that, Brian, of course, we have interest rates expected to go down throughout 24 and perhaps even into 25. So to wrap this all up, if you will, you know, we're talking about a reporting season that starts here in just a week or so, and the comparisons are pretty easy.
2: Yeah, it really is. You know, if you think about, we not we did not have an economic recession but we did have a couple like earnings recessions down quarters for corporate earnings it makes the year on year comparisons a little bit easier and when we're going into earnings season which really starts this upcoming Friday with the big banks reporting expectations are fairly modest Uh, so actually I was reading a report from FactSet and it said that over the last few months people have lowered their expectations by about 7-8% to for earnings so a lot of people have lowered the bar that these companies need to clear in order to beat expectations. So
1: as we set up 2024, lots to do, Danny. And of course, that really means that we need to look at your portfolio and understand what you own, why you own it, and how much you're paying for it.
0: That's right. You know, that one commercial says, what's in your wallet? Now, we want to go a little bit deeper. Know the difference. It's one team, one plan, one fee, investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. Fresh start in 2024. How about it? Still to come. What can Annex do for your business? a lot. Also, Ask Annex on the way. Questions about 529s, choice between Roth and traditional 401ks, and dividend and growth stocks. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show for the first weekend of January. We're going to be right back on 620 WTMJ. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Sign up for the Axiom, our free weekly newsletter. Let's talk about social media. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. YouTube with a great YouTube channel. All Annex Wealth Management produced videos. New this week, misleading advice from social media. So tiktok we're looking at you net unrealized appreciation graphonomics eight from our buddy brian jacobson how the u.s has avoided a recession and then estate planning rules and we just keep pouring more and more fresh content in also brand new at annexwealth.com annex resources and research it's annex R. Dave, you hear r you might think uh, rock and roll or rest and relaxation, <laughs> but this is resources and research. And people might, do they ask you, why are you giving this away?
1: Well, you know, we do think about it. And obviously, you know, I'm a big a big fan. By the way, I see that the Rolling Stones are coming back and they're going to be nice. touring this summer. Uh, but why do we give it away? Because of the fact that we believe an educated investor is an empowered investor. And that really not only helps us, but it helps you as well.
0: Excellent. Again, that's at AnnexWealth.com. I'm Danny Clayton, Dr. Brian Jacobson in the studio, Chief Economist, Dave Spano is our President and CEO.
1: Yeah, thanks, Danny. And of course, you know, this, we're setting up a lot of big stories in 2024. I remember back, and I'm old enough to remember, that they had used to have these pins that said win, which meant whip inflation now. That goes all the way back to Ford. And it looks like perhaps the Fed may have had under control. We'll have to see. But that'll be a story... As we go into 2024 and how many rate reductions there'll be in 2024.
2: That is one of the biggest struggles right now, I think, with investors between the Fed and the market. The market has been pricing in a rather aggressive path of rate cuts, whereas the Fed has come out and said that they're projecting maybe three cuts for the upcoming year. I think that one of the key things will be not necessarily how much they cut, but why they are cutting. I look back and think about previous periods in which they cut rates, and it's because they had waited for credit spreads to widen, that is, you know, for stress to form in the financial system, for the economy to slow, and as a result, they almost were thinking, oh, we went too far, and now we have to kind of backtrack. Now, they might be cutting because they can, Mm -hmm. and it's to keep financial conditions from getting too tight, because we do see inflation on this downtrend, on our Investment Committee, we talk about the outlook for inflation and rate cuts. And one of the things that most people I think, kind of ignore is how the Fed is doing quantitative tightening. So they're trying to shrink their balance sheet. And they might want to stop that shrinking of their balance sheet before they start cutting rates. And so this first quarter of the year, we're going to have a January meeting, we're going to have a March meeting, and then April and May, we could see some significant moves by the Fed.
1: Yeah, there's no question. And that will certainly be a story and will be the backdrop for the investments in 2024. But the other story, obviously, will be the political backdrop. My my wife went to dinner the other day and she said there was a devout Democrat who said they weren't going to vote for Biden. There was a devout Republican who said they weren't going to vote for Trump. So uh, it's certainly going to be interesting how this is going to play out. And this will certainly be the story and it will have an effect on the markets. But generally in a presidential election year, Brian, the markets do respond positively. They
2: do. And I think one way to kind of wrap your head around that is that in an election... In democracy, you give the majority or plurality of the people what they want, right? I mean, they vote for this person. And when you give people what they want, that's oftentimes perceived by them as being a good thing. Uh, Also, I think an important dimension here is that we have a very resilient institutional system here in the United States, as far as checks and balances, just because one person gets into a position of power doesn't mean that they have complete power and authority. When we've looked at the data going back to the late 1800s, as far as if it's unified government, whether Democrat Republican or divided government in some form, Mm -hmm. where maybe somebody in the White House is of a different party than what the The composition of the House is, Mm -hmm. sometimes that divided government is a lot better uh, than if it's all unified.
1: And the other thing that's going to happen as well is there's going to be an expiration of some of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that that'll happen in 2025. And when that happens and throughout this year, you really should look at your portfolio and do some tax planning throughout this year.
2: And I think that's a key thing to remember, especially if you are in one of the positions, of say, with municipal bonds. Uh, it could really affect that area as far as the top marginal tax rate, you know, where you are. Uh, corporate rates, those have been pretty much locked in. It's really the individual income tax rates that are set to expire uh, with the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act expiration.
0: As Dr. Brian Jacobson, Chief Economist at Annex Wealth Management. Dave Spanos, our President and CEO. We got these guys for the rest of the show. This show is just a small sample of of what we do look at the whole picture. Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Hey, if you're a business owner, put Annex Wealth Management on your team. We're going to talk about Annex for Business and what it can do for your organization next. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 620 WTMJ. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Mark Beck is Chief Growth Officer at Annex. Welcome back. Thank you. Annex works with individuals, couples, and families, but there's more. We also work with businesses, and that's what we're going to talk about here. Annex for Business just makes sense. We're built with strong investment, planning, and tax teams. Same fundamentals can apply to a well-run organization, and you've heard segments featuring our 401k team before. Mark, let's talk about what Annex does for businesses with benefits programs from your perspective as Chief Growth Officer.
3: Well, you know, the benefits is a great way to impact many aspects of the business, areas that we feel like we can really have a positive impact and influence. First of all, you think about it from the perspective of what the business is trying to accomplish with the benefits program, of course, provide a great resource for their employees to be financially secure and build for the future, and then attract and retain that talent as well as part of the business. So multiple components. But to do that, you need an advisor. For that 401k, it's complex. It's not your core business. You want to focus on the things you do really well and let a firm like Annex do that. So we provide either 321 or 338 investment advisory services as the fiduciary, which means we can take those roles and be impactful in ways that can help Put you in a situation where the plan is accomplishing the business's goals and the goals for the employee and then we could take it a few steps beyond that which is into things like employee education for example a great plan but you don't have guidance and advice you're not exactly sure what to do or how to do it well as an employee is about as good as a great cookbook
0: for you and i danny if we have no clue on how to cook you know last couple of years it was all about attracting employees but also retaining employees because there's so much job hopping. And I think really when you start to dig down beyond just the regular compensation, it's that benefits package which makes people stick around. It certainly has, in my case, over my career, And I think
3: it's about stick around, but then also more deeply engaging. And I think that's where we really start to separate ourselves from other advisory firms that might just be about the X's and O's of the 401k plan. But to get you engaged as an employee as to what are the decisions that you need to make that are going to be impactful over the next decades into
0: your future. We're with Mark Beck, Chief Growth Officer at Annex Wealth Management. We're talking about Annex for business. Now, 401k is a big part, but so is Annex Executive. It's an offering from Annex that complements Annex private client. Mark, Noah's know as Chief Growth Officer, you have a lot of exposure to that type of client with Annex.
3: You know, the business benefits when the executives are focused on what they're doing at work. And one of the ways to support that is to give that level of executive the support that they need in their home personal financial picture and we're into an environment where some of that planning becomes more complex. You know, you're looking at things like long-term incentive compensation, which can be impactful on the tax picture, the cash flow picture, you know, deferred compensation benefits executive retirement benefits become part of this. So we're looking at the sequencing as we accumulate assets for financial security, but do that in a way where the perceived benefits to the executive are aligned with the benefits that the company wants to provide, which is incentives for growth and focus on the business, financial security, lack of distractions on the home front so the executive can stay
0: focused on the role at work. We do insurance planning for them as well, tax guidance for them as well, investment management for them as well. And again, get rid of those distractions, but really kind of streamline or complement what they have.
3: Right. It's, you know, the organization planning is so important in this space. If you think about the tax impact of long-term incentive compensation and things like acceptable trading windows you know, the, and the desire to manage the concentration risk, but all in a situation where the desired incentive is being met from the business's perspective. So
0: you know, you're really coordinating a lot of different forces. Mark Beck is Chief Growth Officer at Annex Wealth Management. This is a conversation about Annex for business. We're running a little bit short on time, but foundations and endowments are also under that umbrella. Can you just give it at least just a snapshot of how Annex would assist with that?
3: Yeah, foundations, public charities, you know, they tend to have endowment funds. So this is the money that allows the charity to achieve its goals, some of that being short-term money, some of it being long-term money. So what we're able to do is engage to help with the cash flow planning and the long-term investment planning that supports foundations and endowments and charities. It's a great way for us to be engaged in the causes within our community and to be able to support those and give back.
0: We want you to know about Annex for Business. want you to know the difference. Our website is AnnexWealth.com. You can click that Get Started button and start the wealth metric process. You can also read more about Annex for Business. Mark Beck is Chief Growth Officer at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for your time. Happy to be here. Plenty of places for us to meet. We can do it in Elm Grove, Lake Country, Mequon, Appleton, downtown Milwaukee, right inside the Pfister, Madison, Naples, Florida, Libertyville, Illinois, or... As close as your computer at AnnexWealth.com. Bottom of the hour, time for news. Let's go to the WTMJ Breaking News Center. Let's do Ask Annex in the studio. Fred Coleman, CFP and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Danny. And let's say hello to Matt Morris, the investment team manager, also CFP. Hey, Danny. Here we go. The company I work for will match 7% into a Roth IRA or pre-tax 401k. Which would be better?
4: Great question. And this is one of the most common questions that we get. Although, you know, usually it's just a click of a button to change that. Um, It's a very important decision that you'll face. It comes down to tax planning. It's something we help our clients with all the time. Uh, When you put your money into a pre-tax account, you get the tax deduction and you're able to pull that money out at a later point with it growing tax deferred and you just have to pay taxes on it. So that's a huge benefit. It also allows you to invest a little bit more because you'll have a little bit more on your check from those pre-tax savings. So essentially, you get to choose when you want to pay taxes on it. You're deferring that now, and then at any later point, you say, hey, this is a good time for me to pay tax on that, up until you're 70 when you're forced to take it out, or in your 70s. With Roth, if you follow the rules, the benefit to that is you never pay taxes again on it. Generally speaking, Roth's better for younger individuals, those who are paying less than 20% in their taxes. And if you expect your wages and your taxes to increase over time, it's better to put money into that Roth earlier. Now, if you're paying 30 to 40 percent in taxes, when we talk about both state as well as federal taxes, then you're paying 30 to 40 cents on every dollar that you put into the Roth. And that's quite expensive. In that case, pre-tax would likely be the best option.
5: Yeah, I think that's a great opportunity for that person to come on in and sit down with one of our wealth managers here and let our financial planning team create a custom financial plan for them where they can put those numbers in, put in both in traditional and into the Roth and see where they end up later on in life and which one might be a better option for them.
0: Next up on Ask Annex been saving for our future grandchildren's college fund. In 2022, we started putting money into an iBond and now have more money to contribute to this college fund. But I'm feeling I bonds are not the best bet anymore. I don't want to lock money into a 529,
4: so looking for other options. When it comes to the investment type, it really depends on your time horizon. If it is a while before you're grandchildren are going to go to college, then more of a stock portfolio is probably going to be better because they're going to have more time to recover if there is a downturn or inevitably there's going to be bear markets over time. I would only use I-bonds or other short-term instruments if the time horizon is within the next few years. There are also other options outside of 529. So the 529, it does give you those tax benefits, but there still are other good options such as UTMA accounts because you can use almost any type of investment that you want. in that account. And once your kid reaches the age of majority, the thing to keep in mind about that, they can use the funds for whatever they want and you have no control over it, but they can use it for college if they want. You can open up a brokerage account for yourself and build that into your financial plan. You will have to pay the taxes on that, Uh, but it does provide a little bit more flexibility if you don't want to open that 529.
5: Yeah, I think you're hitting a couple of really good points there. One is what kind of control do you want over the money versus how much control do you want to give that future grandchild? In a custodial account, like you said, eventually it's going to become their money and it's they're fully in charge of it. If you have it in a taxable brokerage account yourself, it's fully your money. You're paying the taxes on it again because it's yours. But ultimately you decide when they get it, how much they get, what the purpose of that's for, and you get to maintain that control. And then on the investing side of it, when I hear future grandchildren's college fund, I'm thinking that that child's not alive yet and you're gonna have a long time horizon because you got 18 years Plus whatever until that child's even born before you get to that spot, and how many grandchildren is that going to be? So you really are going to be looking at taking more risk, especially now because that time horizon is so far from now. So something like an I bond, although they gave awesome interest rates when inflation was high, that's not something that's going to be a long-term solution for this type of situation. So you do definitely want to look at the stock market as an option there.
0: You'd also like to sit with them and say, what is it about a 529 that you don't like? But that's that's for a deeper conversation. Oh, for sure. sure. Yep. Last. Question on Ask Annex. With inflation still above the Fed's target of 2%, should I prioritize dividend paying stocks or focus on long term growth potential in broader market investments, even if they might be more volatile in the short term?
5: Yeah, I think when you're looking at the, you know, in terms of what this question is asking is how should your portfolio be allocated? You really want to balance those two things out whenever you're constructing a portfolio, you want to balance large stocks versus small stocks, U.S. versus international, growth versus value. These are all things that need to be part of a balanced portfolio because although the, maybe the Fed's inflation is coming back down and dividend might seem a little bit more attractive because you might be able to get above what those short-term interest rates might be, you are giving up some of that growth there too. So you really want to balance all of that out. And I would try to stay away from trying to time any of those things. Now, you can make maybe smaller changes with overall portfolio based on what's happening in the market. But I would really want to try to combine all of that because depending on what the time horizon is and you know that we don't know from this question, you don't want to give up that long-term growth just to get a little bit
0: higher yield today. Matt Moore is the investment team manager and a CFP. Thanks. Thank you. Fred Coleman, CFP and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks. Thank you. Headline in the Wall Street Journal said, your 401k is up. Don't let it go to your head. What's that mean? Let's talk about it, and we'll do that next. we got the right guy to talk to. That's after a break. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 620 WTMJ. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management with Tom Parks. He is Director of Retirement Plan Services. Hey, Tom. Hey, Danny. Easy to say. The humble and lovable 401K was the first exposure to retirement planning by most Americans, right? I would say so, Yeah. We've done segments before about 401k millionaires, how it's possible through discipline and fortitude to build a portfolio that is pretty legit. Discipline, fortitude, and time, Danny. Like all investment vehicles, there are cycles. Last couple years has been, let's just say, a little tough given market volatility. S&P total return in 2022 was minus 18 percent. Last year got a little better. Tom and I both devoured a recent story in the Wall Street Journal. And the headline was your 401k is up. Don't let it go to your head. And
6: we thought it'd be a good idea to talk about it, right? I think this is an important topic because of the, the all the volatility in the market, emotional swings. This is a good one for sure.
0: There's good news. The average 401k balance at Fidelity Investments was over $107,000 at the end of September. 11% year-over-year increase even before the fourth quarter rally. Here's the bad news, kind of, sort of. With the advances in technology, it's really easy to check your balances often, maybe too often. We're going to get to that in a minute. Tom, the first point is, is if you got a decent time horizon, you've got to be patient with
6: markets' ups and downs. You do have to be patient. You know, this is where, like you're saying, Danny, it's kind of a balance between set it and forget it, which you don't want to do with your money, but you also don't want to overdo the checking and tweaking and all that stuff. So it's so much of our financial behavior really is controlling our emotions. And that's kind of what I think they're trying to get to in this article.
0: Can I admit that I actually do check my 401k, probably the most of all my retirement stuff, mostly because it's like an old friend of mine.
6: Yeah, it's there and you want to see how it's doing, but
0: as long as you're not tweaking it. Tom Parks is director of retirement plan services at Annex Wealth Management. Recent Wall Street Journal article titled, Your 401k is up. Don't let it go to your head. The article goes on to say, and I'm quoting here, neuroscience backs up the idea of overconfidence being a problem increases in dopamine, a brain chemical that likely gets released when you see large returns in your account, can lead to more financial risk-taking. Can't we
6: just celebrate? Well, you see your account value go up. This makes sense to me because then you're like, oh, see, it works. I should do more of this thing that's working. And I think that's kind of the problem they're trying to get in front of. Rather than saying accelerate the risk that you've been taking, I think the idea here is keep going at the rate you're going. Don't do this plus more it goes back to being patient. You gotta be patient don't try to do anything too crazy. Can we pat ourselves on the back if we continue
0: to invest in our 401k, even when the market was down?
6: Yes, absolutely. Continuing to invest is something, as long as you're contributing on an ongoing basis, you should pat yourself on the back for that. Cause it's hard. You know, we have lots of competing things in our budget, But if you have that discipline, there are the two things, Danny. There's the input of the money, and then there's once the money's in there, what are you doing with the investments? And this is kind of a, you know, we're focusing on what to do with the investments, but don't forget about the contributions. That's for sure.
0: You probably saw this in the article, too. It said checking your 401k is the feel-good move of the year. There's nothing wrong with that except if you're doing it too much. Tom, when we sit down with employees at companies where we manage our 401Ks, do we offer guidance on stuff like this?
6: We absolutely do. We talk to people about these things at a high level, and we also are able to sit down with people one-on-one because there are some of these basic principles that are important to keep in mind, kind of what we're talking about here, but then obviously each person is different. So the strategy that they're going to employ is different. And some of these principles do change. The closer you get to retirement, you do want to start looking at it a little bit more frequently, a little bit more carefully. So we need to balance that. And thankfully, we got a good team to do that. If it's up or down, is that emotionally taxing? Is it harmful to our net worth? Uh, well, well, those are two separate questions. Yeah, right. Yes, it is emotionally taxing. Danny, up and down is emotionally taxing. So when things go down, obviously, nobody likes that. When things go up, people can get uh, what was it? Irrational exuberance. Yeah, yeah. you know. So these are the things you got to watch out for. But the long-term growth on our net worth, that's the thing to focus on, being patient and looking out over a longer horizon.
0: Behavioral economists found that investors with long-time horizons who followed the market more closely had lower returns, likely because they were observing market volatility made them more scared of stocks. That's interesting.
6: Yeah, and you can see how this kind of goes both ways. So people have a tendency to react to what they saw On their statement. And I think it's important for people to understand what's on your statement. That's done. That already happened. That is not necessarily telling you what's going to happen. Having a plan and a strategy and sticking to it, you know, and there are adjustments along the way within reason, but you don't want to make major changes to your strategy based on what's happening in the market
0: is the new year a good time to reassess goals? And does that mean 401k allocations?
6: Yeah, it's a good time to reassess. I think this is kind of the time of year when everyone's doing that early in the year. So it is a good time to do that. Make adjustments if necessary, but maybe it won't be necessary. It's just a question of taking a look at what you got and making sure that you're kind of aware of things and being intentional with your strategy.
0: If you're a company owner, a CFO, or a HR professional, now would be a good time to really bolster that retirement plan. You're open for biz.
6: Absolutely. We're here to help. And there are lots of people looking for help. The expectations from employees on their employer as it pertains to helping prepare for retirement and overall financial wellness. And that's what we do all day long, Danny.
0: Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. We can help your company. Find Tom on LinkedIn. That's Tom Parks or via AnnexWealth.com. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show for Saturday the 6th. We'll be right back. 620 WTMJ. We're back. Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Quick reminder, this show will be available as a podcast at the top of the hour. We also know many of you listen on the stream, so want to tell you about the Annex Wealth Management SWAT podcast. We're now going to push the publishing time of that a little bit earlier. So if you're listening on the stream, it's 7 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Central, and we think that's good You and Todd Voigt, Brian Jacobson, did the SWAT podcast for Monday, and it is a doozy. It's really good. I mean, we had two PhDs. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Do
1: you need a PhD to listen? I don't (laughs) even know.
0: But I'll tell you that thing. If you really want to know what's going on in the Annex Wealth Management investment team, that is a great place. It's pretty deep, Uh, but that's fine. Because that's what it's for. And again, that's a free download. I'm Danny Clayton, Dr. Brian Jacobson, Chief Economist is here. So is Dave Spano, our President and CEO.
1: You know, Danny, when we talk to our clients, some really want to know what the risks are for 2024. And there's no question that the lagged effect of policy tightening has got to be part of that Mm -hmm. conversation. And then the other thing, of course, is these outstanding events that could happen around the world. I mean, they, there's just uh, places around the world that are starting to fire up that, that mm-hmm. we're not even considering right now.
2: Yeah, that's one of the things I think that can throw a lot of people for a loop is when you have, let's say, a flare-up in the Middle East or maybe in Venezuela right. or Russia invades Ukraine. These are events where it's, uh, maybe some people can predict them, that they're going to happen. I mean, I doubt it. I mean, after the fact, they oftentimes will say, yes, I predicted this was going to happen. Uh, But these are the types of things that can happen. They are likely to have an outsized impact on markets, but you don't know when they're going to happen and how long they will last. One of the key lessons, I think, from history, when I look at uh, these different exogenous shocks, so that's, I guess the technical term for this is they oftentimes are short-lived, mm-hmm. right? Now, by short-lived, that's like over the course of a few months. If you think back to the oil embargoes during the 1970s, Gulf War, 9-11, right. um, these types of events, they are impactful, but thankfully— the economy oftentimes is right. resilient enough that it can bounce back from these types of things. And so if it happens, you right. just might need to ride through it. And that's the reason why you know you want to make sure that you're balanced in your approach. But the other
1: thing, of course, that we talked about is the lagged effect of policy tightening. That really could come out in 2024 and perhaps even into 2025.
2: Yes, that's one of the things that I think is going to have a longer lasting effect than any of these possible exogenous shocks that people tend to worry about. Uh, the Federal Reserve, when they started hiking rates... Back in March of 2022, uh, Chair Powell said that monetary policy, he reminded everybody, Mm -hmm. it operates with long and variable legs. And that's a quote from Milton Friedman from the 1960s or 1970s when he was studying this. Now, what Powell ended up saying is that he thought that maybe those legs aren't that long. Maybe by long, maybe six months. But unfortunately, that's wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, the market reacts to what the Fed does, but the economic effect, it can really be felt for 18, 24, even 36 months later, and probably longer, given how many people and businesses were able to lock in low interest rates during that extraordinary period when we had effectively zero interest rates on the federal funds. So as a result, maybe the those long legs are much longer than what they were in the past.
1: And so we're talking about the risk, but of course, it's really set up for a bull market in 2024. So that's the reason why, folks, I say you have to have a balanced approach. And just one final thought I want to get to before we close out the show is really this is the time that people start to get some tax documents. Mm -hmm. And that's really something that is at the top of your mind.
2: It's on the top of my mind because we work with a lot of individuals. uh, And I especially think about, say, some of those who are more high net worth, small business owners, where they are not just getting a W-2. So when you get your wages, they're not just getting your 1099s from the banks as far as interest income. They might be waiting on, say, K-1s as far as with partnership interests that they have. And those can take a lot longer to come in. And also, I have seen where they get revised. So they might send you one, and then all of a sudden you get an email two weeks later to find out, oh, there's a revision to this. And so as excited as you might be to start filing your taxes, if you are in that position, especially if you're probably going to get a K-1, you might just kind of I want to wait a little bit, a little bit closer to the deadline.
1: And you know, the thing, Danny, as we as we wrap up the show, is you know there is a difference between financial advisors, and you hear me say this pretty often. But one of the things I'm very proud of is the team. You know, we have such talent on our team that is really second to none. Uh, for the people who are listening to the show, PhDs like Brian and Todd, but we have JDs and lawyers and CPAs and CFAs, and of course good-looking guys like you as well, and that really is the difference, is who's on your team and what is the process that they're going to bring.
0: Really, really smart people, and it's great because many times in a meeting, if somebody has a question, it's like, well, you know what? Give me 10 minutes, give me half a day, right. and we'll get back to you on that right. because we've got the people. So. Hey, folks, 2024 is here. Let's do it together, right? Let Annex Wealth Management be your partner to get things done in 2024. And we're going to help you get those things done. AnnexWealth.com is the place to start. And we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Just click that Get Started button at AnnexWealth.com. Always available on demand, but we'll be back on the radio next Saturday at 10. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 620 WTMJ.